Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. If you would go to the Christ, to the tomb of Jesus Christ, you wouldn't find him there, for he's risen. In the New Testament, they would preach and they would say, we would see Jesus. Another place says he's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Another verse says that we're two or three are gathered together in my name. He said, there I am in the midst of them. What we need more than anything in this hour is his presence. We need him in this room. Fill up my space. Fill up my space. Fill up my heart. Let him push out fear. Let him push out bereavement. Let him push out bitterness. And let him push out hatred. Come on. Our nation needs a revival of the presence of God. Our family needs a revival of the Spirit of God. Go ahead with the Nehemiah. Hallelujah. Come on, give God the worship right now. Glory, glory. Come on, let's praise Hallelujah.
many feel the presence of the Lord here right now? He's here in this room. Would you thank him for his presence? Amen. It was a service just like this. My mom takes me to a church service. And I've already been diagnosed with my crooked feet, born a cripple. But she took me to the church. Pastor prayed for me, and when he said, In the name of Jesus, crippled feet straightened. Never had to wear the braces that were ordered for me. Amen. God healed me. I watched a lady during a service just like this, in a, in a moment just like this, and something come over me, and I said, The Lord is here. And if you need a miracle, just get out of your seat. And I looked, and here came Jay, new in the church. She came out. I said, by the time you get to the altar, he's, Jesus is going to heal you. Just a step of faith. And she stepped out 15 years of pain with scoliosis. Her back was literally like this. Scoliosis of the spine. By the time she got to the front, her back was straight and God had healed her. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. Somebody shout, he's a miracle worker. Amen. I get excited when I think of the goodness of Jesus. People all over this room. I look at, I, I look at Sister Hina, Sister Jamie. Wave your hand over there. They told her when she went to the ER, and she didn't know what day it was, and she really didn't hardly know who she was. And she was talking as if it was another day, and things that had happened. And she, she went in, and she had, she had a, a, a brain aneurysm. When they got, they said there's no worse case to come into the ER than what you have. But look at her over there. Years later, hands lifted. They didn't think she would live, but God made a way. Come on, anybody have a story of the miraculous power of God? Amen. 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 We are so honored today to have with us uh, evangelist James Wilson. What a tremendous man of God he is. He's a hero to so many. And I said it earlier, and I'll say it again, that when you say James Wilson is coming, Man, people want to be there. He's got a joy about him. The hand of the Lord is upon his life. He's a, he's a songwriter, and you can look up his songs on, on, on Apple iTunes and, and Spotify, and you can put in there, and you can support his ministry, downloading the song. I know it will be a blessing to you, and we are so honored to have him. comes from Maryland. He's evangelizing our country always been a great singer and we know that he's a great preacher amen god has put an anointing on him to preach the word of the lord aren't we glad to have my brother here today brother james wilson would you come and open your heart and preach to us whatever god gives you well praise the lord everyone why don't we put our hands together for jesus one more time come on why don't you give him some worship right now Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence, O Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. For in your house, God, there is freedom. In your house, there is liberty. In your house, O God, everything that I need is there. O Lord, we worship you in this place. We worship you in this place. What a tremendous honor it is to be with you all. I am just so thankful for what uh, God is doing and thankful for uh, the opportunity and the privilege to be here with you all. I give honor today to your pastor and to your leadership. Um, 
Brother Bounds, I said it earlier, I'll say it again, has been such a tremendous voice uh, in my life and to uh, the, the movement, the apostolic movement, and I honor Brother Bounds and his family, Sister Bounds, and the entire family. Can we give it up for them? What an incredible pastor and wife and family you have. You are blessed. I, uh, I honor them today. Also honor my friend, Brother Cody Updegrave. Amen. Had the privilege of meeting him. Why don't you give it up for Brother Updegrave? Amen. Had the privilege of meeting him last year at Midwinter uh, Conference. And I just appreciate his spirit. And uh, it is just an honor to be here. I, um, I'm just overwhelmed at at God's grace and God's mercy who would have thought that God could could use someone like me I'm so grateful today that God looks beyond all of our faults God looks beyond all of our failures God looks beyond every mistake and God love you and not only do I love you but I'm going to place my hand on your life and I'm going to use you Amen. I've come to tell somebody today, it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, what you've been through. God loves you, and God has a purpose for your life. I'm a witness of that. Can anybody testify that God is a merciful God, a loving God, a saving God? And I'm so thankful today that we serve that type of God. Why don't you turn your Bibles to Numbers chapter 16. We'll get into the word of the Lord. Numbers chapter 16, and we'll start reading at verse number 1. Kind of a lengthy passage uh, of reading today, but we'll try to fly through it and hopefully gain some clarity from the word of the Lord today. Numbers chapter 16, verse 1. The Bible says, Now Korah, the son of Ishar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab and On, the sons of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. Skipping down to verse 20. And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart. 
I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men. And touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sins. Verse 27. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. On the side, and Dathan and Abiram came out and stood in the door of their tents, and their wives, and their sons, and their little children. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works. For I have not done them of mine own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, turn to your neighbor and say, if the Lord make a if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them. And they go down quick into the pit. Then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach on this topic today. To make when God is made to make. Why don't you put your Bibles down and why don't you lift up your voice and begin to pray right now. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would anoint us for the remainder of this service. Let us hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. Let us not hear enticing words of man's wisdom and knowledge, but God. New in this place, God, do a new thing in this room today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ clap your hands try to use those slides that I gave you earlier and you'll you'll know when to use them here in a second uh, when they kind of come up I am a big nature lover I come from South Mississippi grew up in the country grew up uh, with a bunch of dogs and, and animals around and uh, I just really love nature. I, I find it so fascinating the creative design and intent that God put into the beings he placed on earth. And one of my favorite things to do is to watch animals defend themselves. Now before you start looking at me kind of crazy and weird and thinking, bro, you are some other, but I'm I'm not that crazy. I'm not that sick and that twisted. I don't think at least. That's not exactly what I'm talking about, but what I do like seeing is when animals' backs are against the wall and, and, and they, they are seemingly cornered with no way out. I love seeing when this is happening, when they pull out their secret weapon that propels them to victory. I mean, I love seeing how this happens. And nature has some of the weirdest, coolest ways of defending itself when it is cornered. Take, for instance... The hairy frog. 
The hairy frog is a Central African species of frog who in addition to growing strands of skin along the sides of their body that resemble hair can actually break his toe bones when threatened and push them through the skin to form sharp claws for warding off would-be attackers. That's a pretty creepy dude right there. I don't know. Or how about my least favorite animal on the planet? If you want to freak me out and scare me really good, you just show me one of these things. How about the opossum? Mm. Mm. Oh. You thought possums playing dead was just an act, but act at all. These possums have involuntary response. And when threatened, they fall into a coma. And last but certainly not least, the Texas horned lizard. This spiky creature can intimidate some animals by just its appearance. But if that doesn't work and it finds itself being cornered, the lizard steps it up a notch and emits a well-aimed stream of blood out of his eyes. That's pretty gross right there. This stream of blood, which can go as far as five feet, is mixed with a foul-tasting chemical that will ward off its predators. And y'all are like, man, you are pretty sick. Man, you like watching that stuff? You are a sick, twisted dude. But I just love it. I love watching animals do this because when their backs are against the wall and they are seemingly cornered by their enemies, something on the inside of them is accessed and activated and they begin otherwise they would not do. It is the urgency of their situation that causes them to do incredible things. Can I preach to you today that just as every one of these creatures has an enemy that would try tried to corner him and throughout the course of history Satan has had a deliberate plan to back the God of all creation into a corner and now in the 21st century it seems as if he has succeeded this very thing in 2 Timothy 3.10 wherein he says in the last days evil men and seducers will grow worse and worse. Timothy says just when you think it can't get any worse all of a sudden there's going to be a new level of evil that emerges just when you think people can't get any crazier hell seemingly levels up and there is a new level of crazy unveiled and can I preach to you never has the human race been where we are today never has the church of the living God been where we are today and dare I say never has our God been where he is today uh, and it seems as if we've been backed into a corner. It seems as if there is no remedy for the lust, uh, the sin and the deceit that surrounds us. Uh, there seems to be no doubt right now. But I've come to preach a word to someone today. 
I've come to preach to the spirit realm today. I've come to preach to every person under the sound of my voice today and remind you that in spite of what the enemy has tried to do, that our God cannot be backed into a corner. gives God his best shot when the enemy gives God his best shot God unveils a new level of power a new level of anointing a new level of his power and of his spirit can I preach to someone today that your back may be against the wall the church may be facing adversity like we've never had before but with every dimension of resistance there is a new dimension of revival and harvest Come on, I wonder if you believe that, if you would clap your hands and give God praise in this place right now. I know you're facing some things in your life right now. I know you've never seen a culture as perverse as the one that we're in right now. I know you've never felt the anxiety and depression weigh on you like you're feeling it right now. And it's society has backed the church. It's not dismayed, uh, but with every God says it's an opportunity for me to show up uh, and show out uh, in their lives. Uh, come on, somebody. Your obstacle is an opportunity for God uh, to. I've come to preach to somebody in this place today that with the same creative energy that God spoke the word. It seems as if God is cornered. I know it seems as if your life is hopeless right now, but I've come to preach to someone that God is in the business of making something out of nothing. God doesn't need for you to have it all together. God doesn't need the world to be perfect, but God has allowed things. no sickness too great there is no there's no problem so great that come on but with every dimension of resistance dimension of his power and his authority that will be released if you believe that somebody give Jesus one right now. The one we're living in right now and some of you are like, man, things are getting a little bit seeing the problems that are in our world and I've come 
that is going on. I've seen all the problem. I've seen all the tension that is going on. God is still on the throne. And can I tell you that it takes opposition. It takes hurt. It takes to reveal how great he is because if everything in your life your life and everything was perfect and everything seemed plausible in your life how great he is but when your back is against the wall and you seem cornered when you're cornered by a by your addiction when you're cornered by your fear when you're cornered by your past can I tell you that is an opportunity for God to say I know nobody else can do it but I can do it I know nobody else can deliver you his spirit when no hope my God came in and made something new in my life I can testify today that I should not be here I can testify today that if it were up to me I would not be here but I'm so grateful that my God is not able to be backed into a corner but my God with that same creative energy that made something out of nothing at the beginning of time some of you are thinking man God you've you got to have a little something to work with in order to do something in my life can I tell you that the Bible says that God the command of God and something emerges out of nothing if God speak the world into existence out of nothing your life up out of nothing I know you feel like you have nothing I know you feel impossible but God doesn't need anything all God needs is you to say God I trust in you I put my hope in you and God can make something out of nothing in your life come on somebody God is getting ready to make you new in this place God is getting ready to make something new in your life God is getting ready to pick you up and turn you around the things that you used to struggle with you're not going to struggle with any longer the things you used to wrestle with you're not going to wrestle with you say how because God is getting ready to make something new clap your hands if you believe it 
Lift up your voice if you believe it. Come on, somebody shout unto God if you believe he's getting ready to make something new. God can be made to make. God allows things to get bad. God allows, you say, why, does, why has God allowed our world to get to the place? Allow things to get the way that they are right now is number one, I believe God is not going to infringe on human will. God has given us a choice. And because of our choice in the beginning to sin, we are dealing with the consequences of our actions. But I also believe that God has allowed things to get the way that they are right now because God knows that our world, when it gets hopeless and when it gets this dark, that people are going to come to the light and people are going to know that there is a God because I know where my life is right now. bring my family out I know he must have authority if God can bring me out of this addiction I've tried everything else I've tried rehab I've tried counseling and I can't get out but when I walked into the house of God and he my God it's undeniable there must be a God it's undeniable he must have authority it's undeniable that he is on the throne that is why God has allowed things to get where we are right now because God knows the, the greater dimension of his power and his glory that can be revealed to the church. Can I tell you when you face opposition church, when you face persecution, that's not time to back down. That's not time to give up because you're getting ready to see God do something he's never done before. Come on church. We're getting ready to face some opposition. But I'm not preaching gloom and doom. I'm not preaching that we should cower. But what I'm preaching today is that when we face persecution, when we face doubt, when we face fear, that's an opportunity for God to show himself mighty. That's an opportunity for God to show his power. And his, come on, we're That's much more abound. God is being made to make. God is allowing things to seemingly push him and press him into a corner so that it's undeniable that he is God, and that he's on the throne. We find in Isaiah chapter 43, Israel has been faced with a similar dilemma. Israel, because of their sin, has been led away into Babylonian captivity. The Bible says that as they are here trapped in captivity, that God gives them a word. And God speaks to them and says, Behold, I will do a new thing. It shall spring forth, shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I've come to preach to someone today that our God can be made to make. And you are right if you say in your mind today as you hear me preach, you don't understand there is no way out in my life. Can I tell you you are absolutely right? There is no way for you in your ability, human 
intellect and ability and power for you to get out of the situation some of you are facing right now. Your family situations are so bad and you know there is no way out. And I've come to tell you that your analysis of your situation is exactly right. There is no way out. Some of you are facing depression so deep and so dark right now now that you know there is no way out for you but I've come to preach a word of hope to you today that God does not need for there to be a way our God is a way maker you know what that means that means when there is no way out just hold on to your seats honey because he's getting ready to make a way out for you you're exactly right you can't get out of your sin you can't get out of your situation but I'm so glad that I serve a way making God that when there is no way with the same creative energy that he spoke the world into existence with he can speak and make a way out for me Come on, somebody. God is getting ready to make a way for your family. God is getting ready to make a way for your friends. God is getting, you will come out of that depression. You're coming out of that fear. You're coming out of that doubt. You're coming out of that sin because God is making a way for you. I don't know about you, but that brings me hope today because I know where my world is right now and it seems hopeless. I know where society is right now and it seems like there's no way out, but my Bible lets me know where there is no way. Our God will begin to make a way out for me. Our God is a way maker. That's so counterintuitive. That is so against what we believe because it would be just right for God to make a way. I think about the story in the Bible where the children of Israel have been commanded of God to go up and to conquer in the mountainous areas. of Escalon the Bible says that God speaks to them and says to go up and to conquer but because of what society says if you research into this the Bible says that they were they were able to get victory in all the mountainous areas but when they got to the valley the Bible says that God could not deliver them in the valley because they had chariots of iron. You will find that what many people believe happened was not that God was not able to deliver them. It was not that God was not able to set them free. But the world and society around them had told them that the God of Israel was only a God of the mountain and not a God of the valley. He was not a God of the mountain or was not a God of the valley, but a God of the mountain only. And because they listened to the voices of the world around them, 
they missed out on what God wanted to do for them. Can I preach to someone in this place today? If we're not careful, we can begin to listen to society and begin to listen to what the world and people around us say, that you'll never get out of that lifestyle, that you'll never get out of that depression, that you'll never get out of that fear. But I've come to preach to someone that our God is not only a God of your mountain. He's not only a God of when everything is going right and you're on top of the world, but he's also a God of your valley. He's also a God of your weakness. He's also a God of your pain. And in your valley, when there is no way out, God can still make a way for you. In your valley, when your back is against the wall, God can still show up and bring you out. He's not just a God of the mountain. He's a God of the valley. He's not just a God of your good times, but he's a God of your bad times. He's not just a God of your strength. He's a God of your weakness. I believe the Bible says that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. His strength is made perfect when your back is against the wall. When everything is against you, that's when God's power and glory can be revealed in your life. God is making a new thing. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the Bible lets us know. Taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also, listen, make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Some of you are struggling with temptation right now. Temptation with lust. Temptation to give in to your fear. Temptation to give in to your doubt. Temptation to give in to your human intellect. And you think in your mind that there is no way out. And again, as I've said earlier, I'll say it again. In your own power and in your own ability, there is no way out. But the Bible lets us know in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, when there is no way out for you, God speaks to us and says, I will also make a way for you to escape it that you may be able to bear it. I'll come to preach to someone. You can live above temptation. The devil is a liar. You can't have victory in the 21st century. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. But God is making a way for you today. God is making a way for your family today. God is moving and making a way for you today you can do it you can overcome why because God is making a way for you you can be victorious oh you don't understand brother Wilson I've tried a million times I know but try again I've come to preach you today God is going to make a way for you you don't understand I've tried everything in this world well give Jesus a try because he's making a way for you today you don't understand I've been sick in my body I've prayed a million prayers we'll pray again because God is getting ready to make a way for you in this place come on the anchor church I wonder if you would give God some words worship if you believe that God is getting ready to make a way come on lift up your voice I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost right now come on lift up your voice I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now
Ah, ah, for a few more seconds, lift up your voice. Come on, God, God is moving. Come on, I feel walls coming down in the spirit right now. I feel something shifting in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, this is an opportunity for God to do a miracle in your life. God is not cornered right now. God has not been taken by surprise. But God has allowed this to happen to make a way. Hallelujah. The Bible lets us know that Korah, I'm hurrying to a close. And Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, these men come to Moses and they begin to speak things that are in direct contradiction to what Moses has been preaching. They begin to say of Moses that he's not the only one that can hear from God and he's not the only one that has the good of the people at, at heart and he's not the only one that really cares about them. He says it this way, he says, Moses, you think you're righteous, but all the congregation is righteous. But can I tell you that is not really what was going on because deep inside Korah, there was a evil and a dark heart that was corrupt and trying to plant seeds of doubt and division in the camp of Israel. Evil cloaked in benevolence. Evil cloaked in goodness. Can I tell you that's the same thing that happens today. People all of a sudden who used to be the good guys, the church and, and, and people that have given their lives to ministry, now all of a sudden what the Bible says was going to happen in the end times have truly happen what was once right is now regarded as wrong and what was wrong once wrong has now been regarded as right and can I tell you that's the same exact situation that Korah had created in our scripture text Moses was really the good guy but Korah the Bible says begins to corrupt the people of Israel and let me tell you the way that the Bible says that he does it the Bible says that Korah, Dathan, and Abiram were gathered together. And the Bible lets us know how they were able to execute this plan of corrupting Israel. The Bible says that Korah, Dathan, and Abiram were famous men, men of renown. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram all had over a million Twitter followers. Cora, Dathan, and Abiram were on CNN and on Fox every single day. Cora, Dathan, and Abiram were social media influencers in their day. And the enemy began to work through these men of fame to bring about corruption in the camp of Israel. Can I tell you today that the enemy's tactics have not changed in the 21st century? And that just as Korah, Dathan, and Abiram used their fame and their influence to try to corrupt the camp of Israel back then, the same is true of today.
The enemy uses people that have influence and fame and renown to try to plant things within the church of the living God to corrupt us from our purpose and our destiny. Tell you today that so many times we are so fickle. We don't even listen to what people are actually saying sometimes. If they have a million followers on Twitter, we think, Brother Bounds, what they say must be gospel truth. Oh, man, you don't understand. This guy has a, has a million Instagram. He's on CNN. He's on Fox. What he's saying must be true. And all of a sudden, the devil has used famous men and men of renown to try to corrupt what God is trying to do in the church but I've come to preach to someone today that you need to make up your mind I don't care how many Twitter followers you have I don't care how many people on Instagram listen to you I don't care how many people watch you on Fox and on CNN if what you're saying is in contradiction to what this book says I'm not going to listen I'm not going to follow after it I will not be corrupted by society I will not be corrupted by what the world says but I have one question and that is whose report do you believe I made up my mind that I'm going to believe the report of the Lord I made up my mind that I don't get my advice from someone just because they have fame just because they are renowned but my advice my my mandates my my will and my desire to do good comes from the Bible and the Bible alone is my authority Bible says, I got to hurry. Korah, Dathan, and Byram, these famous men begin to say things that are against what Moses, the man of God, is saying. And, the, and guess what? It works. It works. It works. They're like, oh, man, cool. Korah, Dathan, and Byram, they got, twi- they got a million Twitter followers. Yeah, we're following after them. These guys know what they're doing, Pastor Bounds. Moses, you've been preaching, you've been preaching to me all these years that 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 you're the one that that that's hearing from God and that and that but but Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, they got all these followers. They're famous. They got money. They got hey, 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 Pastor Moses, we'll see you later. We're gonna follow them. And some of us are so easily led astray just because somebody's got a little bit of fame and renown. Oh man, I know I'm all up in your grill right now. It just got tight, but it's right. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram begin to bring people away from God. And Moses goes to God and says, God, you got to do something about where we're at right now. All of these people are listening to all these social media influencers. They're listening to what they have to say just because they have a few followers, just because they're famous, just because they're men of renown. Lord, they've messed us up. And now it seems as if we've been cornered, God. Me and you, God, we've been, I, Lord, we've been, we've, we've been together. We're the ones that, that, that brought them out of Egypt. We're the ones that brought them out of bondage. We're the ones that brought them out of darkness into the marvelous night. But now Korah, Dathan, and Abiram have spoken something. And just because they have a little bit of fame and renown, they've seemingly backed us into the corner. And the people of God have turned on us. God, what are we going to do? The Bible says that God speaks to Moses and says, Moses, I'm getting ready to make a new thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is getting ready to make a new thing. 
God speaks to Moses and says, Moses, I have not been caught by surprise. I have not been caught. This has not caught me by surprise. But I'm getting ready to show the world who really is God. I'm getting ready to show the world that I have all power and I have all authority. I'm getting ready to show up and show out. This has given me an opportunity to make something new in their lives. So the Bible says that the first thing God commands the people to do. He says, Moses, I want you to go to them and I want you to tell them to separate themselves. They had gathered and set up tent uh, camps, rather, about Dathan and Korah and Abiram. But God says, in order for me to reveal my power and my glory, there has to be a separation. Can I tell somebody in this place today that before God does a new thing, before God pours out a new power and a new dimension is revealed, there must first be a separation. There must first be a people that will say, I know what society is saying. I know what the world is saying. But I still believe my Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith God, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Come on, somebody. I've come to tell you separation is still right. Holiness is still right. Righteousness. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what society says. Separation unto the Lord is still what it takes uh, to experience uh, the glory and the power of God in your life so God says Moses first they need to separate themselves I've come to tell you that as we into uh, the revival and the harvest that I know we are going into and even now are in. God is allowing there to be a separation and it is becoming increasingly clear who is on the Lord's side and who is not. The closer we get to the coming of the Lord, there's going to be a clear separation. I've come to preach to someone today that you need to make up your mind. No matter what this world says, give me Jesus. I'm going to be on the Lord's side I'm not I'm not pitching my tent towards Sodom I'm not pitching my tent with with Korah, Dathan and Abiram but I'm going to be on the Lord's side because I believe God is getting ready to make something new so the Bible says Korah, Dathan and Abiram are evil but if you want to experience me make a new thing if you want to experience my power and my glory like you've never seen before, there has to be a separation. So Moses, you tell the people to separate themselves. You tell them to get away from Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And so they do that. They separate themselves. And the Bible says, and I'm coming to a close, musicians, singers, you can come. The Bible says that as they get up or separate themselves from the company of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, God speaks to Moses and he says, I want you to tell Korah, Dathan, and Abiram that if they leave this place and they die the common death of men, if they leave this place and nothing changes in their life and they remain the same, 
Verse 28, he says, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of my own mind. 29, if these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. That's good King James ease. For if these men just die a normal death, then you, know, then you will know that I'm not God and that my anointing isn't on these people. God says, you know what? I'm not a God that just talks about my power and my authority. I'm a God that's able to demonstrate my power and my authority. And if I am not able to do that, then you will know that I'm not God. You will know that Korah, Dathan, and Abiram are right. But then he goes on to say in verse 30, But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up, with all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then you shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. And the Bible says that as Moses speaks these words, no sooner had these words come out of his mouth that Korah, Dathan, and Abiram are, are engulfed in the ground. The ground literally opens up, and God does something he has never done before to prove his power and his glory can I tell you right now that I have preached this entire message God has allowed things to get where they are right now not to allow you to suffer not to allow you to go through pain and heartache but God has allowed things to get where they are right now because he is giving an opportunity for him to prove his power and his glory unto you and if you will allow him and if you will separate yourself God will do just as he did for the children of Israel and God will literally make something new in your life today is there anybody that believes that God is still in the business of making something out of nothing is there anybody that still believes that God is in the business of making a beautiful something out of nothing he's able to give us beauty for our ashes but here's a key thing that happened we find in Numbers 16 and 26, after God tells them to separate themselves, it's not enough to just separate yourself in word, but it's also important that you separate yourself in deed. And the Bible says in verse 26, after he speaks to them and says, separate yourselves, the Bible says he spake unto the congregation saying, depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men and touch nothing of theirs lest you be consumed in all their sins. Here's the key to every single person right now experiencing the new thing that God has for your life right now. Many of us have been seated in places that we should not be. We've been seated in places of doubt. We've aligned ourselves with places of anxiety and fear and depression. We've set up temp. We set up camp just like Dathan and Korah and Abiram did. Just like the people of Israel around Dathan, Korah and Abiram. We've set up camp in our depression. We've set up camp in our fear. We've set up camp in our anxiety. We've made our tent and our dwelling place there. 
But the Bible says in order for you to experience a new thing in your life, in order for you to experience a new realm of my power, in order for you to experience a new realm of my glory, you have to do one thing. You have to get up from where you are and you have to walk away from those things. So the Bible says in verse 27, after Moses speaks this to them, so they get up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram on every side and Dathan and Abiram came out can I tell somebody the key to you experiencing the life transforming power of God to make something new in your life today is you making a decision to get up I know you've been down and out I know you've been overwhelmed. I know you feel like God doesn't love you anymore. You've dwelled in that place of doubt. You've dwelled in that place of depression. You've dwelled in that place. But right now, you have a choice. You have a decision. Am I going to remain there? Am I going to remain in what the world and society is saying about me? Or, I'm, or am I going to do uh, what the children of Israel did uh, in our story today? And I, am I going to get up uh, and walk into destiny uh, and purpose uh, and anointing uh, that God is trying to give uh, today? The choice is yours. So I wonder right now, would you stand all across this building? And if there's somebody with a get up in their spirit today. If there's somebody that says, I'm not content to stay where I've been. I've been here long enough. I've dwelled in depression long enough. I've dwelled in sin long enough. I've dwelled in anxiety long enough. I've come to preach you. There is hope for you today. There is a future for you today. God is getting ready to make something new for you today. But you have a choice today. You've got to make up your mind that I'm going to get up again. I'm going to go to where God's presence is. I'm going to get in the presence of God. I'm going to get up and allow God to make something new. So for all that will that are making a decision to get up, I wonder if you would join me at the front right now. I know some might feel uncomfortable, and if that's you, that's fine. But if you feel comfortable, I want you to join me at the front. And as you come to the front, you are saying through your posture and through your actions that I am getting up from where I've been and I'm getting ready to walk into the divine destiny that God has for my life. Would you lift up your hands and would you begin to pray right now? Come on, why don't you come and why don't you pray? Why don't you come praying right now? That's it. Some of you are making that decision right now. Some of you are making a choice right now. I'm not staying where I've been, but I'm moving into a new day in God. I'm moving into a new destiny in God. Come on, the old me is going to fade away and I'm walking into a new thing in God. Here's what I feel to do. Some of you, this is maybe your first time coming to church like this. Maybe this is your first time experiencing something like this you've never felt anything like this before but what you're experiencing is the power of God trying to make something new in your life today and here's the first step if you've come and you've said I want to experience that life transforming power I want to experience that power that you talked about to 
make something new in my life. That is you. This is the first step. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible lets us know that Peter, uh, one of the apostles, is preaching on the day of Pentecost, the first time God's Spirit is poured out. And they say, Peter, you guys have experienced this transformational power of God's Spirit. God has done something new. We've never seen anything like this before. This is brand new. I've never seen people that are from all different languages speak in, 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 our, uh, in our language and, and people from all different places that, that aren't speaking my language natively. I can hear them speak my language. Right? What is this? What's going on? And Peter stands up and says, this new thing that we're talking about, this new thing that we're experiencing, this is the power of the Holy Ghost that was spoken of, of the prophet Joel. In my last days, in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And so they say, Peter, okay, that's awesome. But what do we have to do to experience this new thing? What do we have to do to experience this power and the spirit of God? And that's where some of you are at today. You're like, okay, you've preached about it, but what do I need to do to experience this new thing? Peter gives them instructions. He says, first, you need to repent of your sins. The first thing that you need to do is you need to say, God, I am sorry for every mistake. I'm sorry for every sin that I've done. But not only that, repentance is more than just saying you're sorry. But repentance is literally turning away from the things that you used to do that are contrary to God and beginning to walk towards the things that are like God. It is literally a 180. When we repent of our sins, we truly turn away from our old life and we begin to walk in a new way and in a new life. So this is what I want us to do. I want us to do what Peter said we should do to experience that power and that spirit of God and I want us all across this room right now to begin to repent I want this entire auditorium to become a big gigantic altar right now and I want us to begin to repent before the Lord and if you want to experience the power of the Holy Ghost if you want to experience that new life in Jesus I wonder right now if you will begin to repent and pray God I pray that you would cleanse us God, I pray that you would wash us. Come on, would you just lift up your voice to Jesus right now? I know it's a little bit uncomfortable. I know for some of us it's probably our first time, but I wonder right now if you would get your mind off of everyone around you and give God an opportunity to work in your life. This is a God-ordained moment. This is not an accident. God knew that you would be here. God knew that you were going to come into this church today and he's making a new thing. That's it. Why don't you just begin to repent? God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything that I've done that's wrong. I'm sorry for everything that I've done that's not right in your sight. I repent before you. I pray that you would cleanse me, Lord. Wash me. Renew me. Forgive me. I want to be like you, Jesus. Make me over, oh God. Lord, rid me of all my pride. Rid me of all my selfishness. Rid me of every sin and every mistake. I repent before you, God. Cleanse me and wash me, oh God. Renew me through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's it. Why don't you just cry out to God right now? That's it. Why don't you just cry out to God right now?
sit. I said, I feel some sincere repentance right now. I cry out to you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.